Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing of Finos, and this is the Open Source and Finance Podcast. This is a special edition of the podcast where I sit down with Leslie Hawthorne of Red Hat. We wanted to provide a resource for first-time conference speakers. Leslie's a pro as a speaker and can give a lot of insight into how you should be preparing for your talk. So enjoy her insights and hit the music. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing for Finos. Hope you're doing well. Today with me on the podcast, I have Leslie Hawthorne. Uh, Leslie is a senior manager uh, of vertical community strategy at Red Hat, has been there for a good amount of time. Leslie, say hello. Hello, everyone. It's a great pleasure to join you today. And uh, are we are we watching and listening or just listening? We are just listening today um, and... Um, Excellent. Then I can yeah. relax in my chair a little bit and settle in for a great conversation with my buddy Grizz. All right. That's cool. And and when you say your buddy Grizz, uh, I, we were talking a little bit earlier. Um, I believe that we've known each other probably for 10 years now. Um, yeah, I I believe so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's amazing. You know, time flies at all times. And particularly, you know, given the last couple of years, time really has, has ceased to have all meaning, at least for me. But I believe we met in... Oh my goodness, 2010 at the Palmetto Open Source Conference. And I yep. was uh, joined by Deborah Bryant there. And it was kind of my first uh, introduction to, to the community in that area and all of the different um, local initiatives that were being built out around open source software. So right. great to well, meet you and continue to be your co-traveler in open yes, source. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and actually, it was that was my first open source anything at the time. I, 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 wow. I still remember... Um, talking to the organizer who's who's still a friend going, what is this open source thing that you keep talking about and why do you think it's important? Um, and then, you know, 10 minutes, oh, wait, 10, 2010, so 12 years. Um, so, yeah, a long time later, um, mm -hmm. here we are. Um, you're working for Red Hat. Um, I'm working for the FinTech Open Source Foundation, the Linux Foundation. Um of where I, I never thought I would be. So, um, uh, so yes, thank you for being a traveler as well. And, um, uh, so now we get to have some fun and talk about something that, uh, uh, you have a lot of experience with. Yeah. So, so the topic of, um, public speaking is near and dear to my heart because I think I am one of the few folks that I know who is uh, very comfortable doing public speaking. Um, granted, when I get on stage, I have the same, uh, you know, dread, I am in the eye of the saber toothed tiger <laughs> limbic system response that every yeah. other human being has. Um, but I am deeply uh, committed to, you know, helping to foster public speaking in our community for, you know, lots of reasons, particularly since I I've given too many talks. Um, yeah. Now I, I typically try to find somebody um, else to take my speaking engagements that are offered to me or co-present mm -hmm. uh, with a speaker who may be less experienced. So through doing that, I've been able to, you know, give uh, an opportunity to, to take the spotlight to members of our communities who may be underrepresented, who may be very early in their career, yeah. who maybe were in 
uh, talent areas that you wouldn't typically see at a technology conference, even though their message is incredibly valuable to that audience. So anything that I can do to help people get started in speaking as a tool for sharing their knowledge and improving their careers, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Sweet. So, so I asked you to, um, actually I asked you to talk on, on one thing, or I believe Neve did ask you to talk on one thing on like in open source and finance 101. And then you immediately <laughs> sent over to Kara, um, uh, who works with you. And, um, I was like, well, we could do that, but then, um, but then this came up and, and, and so, so yes, you do exactly what you say you do. Um, uh, but, but you know, we would like to, to have a resource for first time speakers. Um, you know, this being the first of them, of uh, mm -hmm. you know, of talking about, you know, what it's like to, to speak to, at a conference, what, um, what kind of process you go through. Um, and, you know, and talk about even the psychological aspects of it as, as well. Um, so, but, you know, for first time speakers or, or new speakers, um, you know, uh, we want this to, to be something that they can go back to and go, Oh, okay. You know, like, here's somebody who's done a lot. And, and, and I'm sure that over time, it's obviously gotten easier. Um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm sure there was a, there was a point where you were first time speaker and trying to figure it out. Um, so if mm -hmm. you can channel that a little bit, but then also, you know, you're, you're then from your future self, let's be meta about this, um, you know, looking back and going, well, here's the, you know, here's the advice I would have given to myself at, at the time. Um, yeah, sure. And and you're getting ready to speak soon, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll be speaking uh, <clears throat> in two slots at Open Source Summit Europe. Uh, one, I was invited to be a part of a panel discussion on mental health and community caretaking, uh, which I decided to go ahead and do um, because, yep. you know, when your friends ask you to come and speak, you don't say no. Yep. Uh, and then I was also asked to give a session on um, the easy way to summarize it is sort of the future of community in a complex world and my observations from the past 15 years in open source software and how I think that will inform, uh, you know, our choices in the future in positive ways. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's the 15 years of experience me talking. Let's talk about, you know, young me who mm -hmm. wanted to think about, you know, public speaking for the first time. So uh, first of all, I will admit to uh, being terrified of the entire thing. Um, you know, along uh, a, a number of axes, right? First of all, there's just simply the, as I you know, spoke about before, the instinctive limbic system fear of I'm standing in front of all of these people and surely mm -hmm. I will embarrass myself or it will go terribly. Right. Um, then there's also, you know, there's just, there is uh, rampant imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. uh, you know, thinking that you don't have anything valuable to say to this audience because they all know more than you do. Yep. And, you know, what, what possible value can I add? And one of the things that the tools that I use to, to get myself kind of over the hurdle of um, how could I possibly have anything valuable to say to these people who are so much, uh, you know, more versed in a particular topic areas than I am, was to realize that the one thing I had that they didn't have was a beginner perspective. Yep. Right. And it is very easy to forget everything that you already know and that you take for granted or to analyze whether or not your assumptions in those areas are still true over time, uh, unless you are once again, uh, confronted with and challenged by in a very positive way, 
a new perspective. Yeah. So for anyone who is is sitting there thinking, I don't have anything valuable to share. Everything's already been said on this topic. You have never been the one to say it on the topic. And I promise you that you have something useful and original to say that is borne out by your own lived experience. So don't take that away from yourself from, from the start. Um, and if you are, are trying to figure out what you have to say that is valuable to an audience, um, you know, think about uh, your experiences with that audience and what you think may uh, be valuable to them. I mean, I have given talks on how to do effective negotiation to, you know, uh, a room full of, I don't know, a thousand engineers, all open source software developers, who I, I promise you did not think that effective negotiation had anything to do with open source software development, despite the fact that they are all constantly engaged in a process of negotiation when they say review pull requests right. or decide what the future roadmap should look like. Interesting. Um, so the the work that you do and the things that give you joy as you are exercising your your uh, brain muscles mm -hmm. uh, are are valuable to other people, even if you think that it may be inapplicable to their problem space. If you're working in the problem space, you have something useful to say. Um, and then the the other way to to feel more confident, and this this is this is just gonna sound so silly practice, right? And there are lots of ways to get practice that are um, lower barrier to entry, lower expectation, and give you the opportunity to uh, to fail completely, mm -hmm. but fail faster and improve more quickly. So um, in the United States, people typically talk about uh, the Toastmasters Association, right. which is a public speaking club that is open to anyone to participate in. Um, your business may have a Toastmasters uh, club within it in various locations. You can sign up for free and have a willing, happy audience to help you improve. Um, another place that I encourage folks to uh, begin, you know, testing the waters with their public speaking practice, even if it's simply, um, you know, refining a pitch on what you'd like to speak about, is at local meetups. Um, local meetup organizers are starving for speakers always because they happen once a month and you got to find somebody who's going to come in and help you out. Oh no! Um, <laughs> they right. It is you're like you just described my life. Um, we they're they're also folks who are um, because because of the nature of the local meetup, right? There are any number of of angles that are uh, going to be useful and interesting to that audience, right? So mm -hmm. folks who are involved in the local you know technology meetup may also be deeply enthralled to hear about your new knitting pattern and the ways in which you crafted a particular, you know, toy for your kid yep. because there is artistry and discipline and rigor to it. And you may be more comfortable talking about that than the technology firm work that you do. Mm -hmm. So get started, get started on a topic that seems to you to be less fraught with, um, imposter syndrome and less, um, something that you would consider to be a place where your expertise would not be up for challenge, right? Based on your audience. And then just, just grow from there. Keep doing it. Um, I, uh, I live, I, to take a quick tangent that I think is valuable. I live in Germany now. And one of the things that I nerd out about is the differences between how we express idiom in, uh, in the English language versus the German language. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite differences is in German, we don't say practice makes perfect. We say 
Uben Mach der Meister, which means practice makes the master. And it makes mm -hmm. it very clear in that phrase, the master still fails. Right. 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 So, you know, taking that opportunity to practice and practice and practice until you, until you feel that mastery mm -hmm. is what is going to help imbue you with self-confidence. And you are going to fail many, many times. I have given many terrible presentations um, as recently as last week. And you, you come out of them and you understand here's what I did well, here's what needs to improve. And you just keep iterating from there. And the other, the other secret that I think is not really a secret is everyone else who is standing up on a stage <clears throat> like you may wish to do is going to have the exact same reaction about feeling that they <clears throat> did a terrible job. Why didn't I make that point? Oh my goodness. I advanced the slides too quickly. Like we have this, this perception in our minds that someone who is standing in front of us at a lectern is somehow unassailable, perfect, and uh, a beacon we should all follow when in fact they are uh, just like us, a skilled human being who has a message to share that they hope is a valuable value to their audience and they hope they share it well. So do not do not discount your ability to be that person uh, just because you haven't had experience. You know, none of us were were born full sprung from the head of Zeus like Athena knowing how to be public speakers like just didn't happen. <laughs> das ist richtig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and ich bin ein Kartoffelkopf. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm a potato head. Is that or carrot head? I'm not sure. That was which. that was no. That was perfect. That was I have a potato head. Um, yeah. And Schildegan mein Deutsch schlecht. So I have just told everyone that my German is terrible, and it is. And we will stop torturing all you wonderful people yes. with my horrible yes. accent. Uh, um, <laughs> so I know that when we were talking about about teeing this up, one of the things um, that you were talking about was you know kind of what is your process for. Yeah for thinking about, um, creating a, creating a talk. And, uh, it usually starts with, uh, an idea and there are many ideas in the world. And I've actually taken a page from, uh, some folks who talk about the process of writing fiction and they effectively have created, um, different types of methods. You could do this a little electronically. I am one of those people who prefers to have tactile feedback when I'm thinking through ideas because it helps me to retain. Yep. Um, so I just have a, a index card file and it's topics that I have found fascinating, even if it's for 30 seconds, and then some of the associated resources with those topics. And then when I find new information that, that falls into that, you know, I was fascinated bucket, I just add it into the card file. And at some point, the thing that I found fascinating typically becomes something that other people are talking about because humans are social creatures and we share ideas. Yep. And then I can go through my card file of different points of inspiration. And the first thing that I'm doing is I'm reading through it and I'm telling a story to myself. Why are all these disparate data points interesting to me? What is What overall narrative is emerging in my mind as I'm looking at this topic area that was important enough for me to keep a silly you know, index card file somewhere mm -hmm. in my office? And once you have hit on something that you think is a, a useful story that has, you know, one to three good points to make, you're already halfway there. You know, what do you want to tell your audience? Why do you think it's important? What are they going to learn from having listening to you? I'm having listened to you talk about this story. And, and when you can get that framing, you are ready to sit down from my perspective and uh, create your outline, right? And I I know a lot of people who have different processes, but I am not someone who starts with slides first. Mm -hmm. I sit down and I write out an outline for, you know, 
here's my, you know, here is, you know, here are my thoughts in my narrative. What do I want the talk to look like? What are the points I want to make? What are the supporting points to each, um, you know, top level headline? And then, and only after I have an outline, do I sit down to write a talk abstract? Do, do you, do you have goals that you bake into, to, you know, do you have no, like, is there a point when you're thinking about ideas and everything and bring them together? Is there, mm -hmm. you know, do you have goals that, that you want to accomplish within that ideation and within that outline at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I want, um, so I have, a, I have a couple of rules that I live by when I, when I do speaking. One is um, I always want to inform and educate people uh, and have them feel like their time <clears throat> listening to me was, was well spent. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to be inspiring. You can't always inspire, but I think it's always important to educate. Um, the other thing that I make sure um, always happens in my talks is um, typically I'm teasing out hard problems. You know, mm -hmm. it turns out, turns out uh, community engagement work involves human beings and where, where software is easy, people are complex. Um, Fair assessment. You know, <laughs> I try, occasionally I succeed. Um, and, and, you know, to, to, you know, when you start ask, looking at hard problems, um, it is very easy to come up with a litany of things to add on to why this hard problem is very hard and is in is you know sucking our will to live yep. um i and i do not um i do not give talks unless i actually have useful actionable solutions that people can implement right away when they walk out the door and that means some topics don't get explored because turns out i haven't had any brilliant insights on how to make it better that's okay that's right um where we do have, you know, where I do feel like I have something valuable to add to the conversation and, and can, you know, present actionable ways to help, <clears throat> then, you know, my goal is to impart that knowledge to my audience in a way that seems accessible to them, mm -hmm. no matter who they might be. So, you know, going back to first principles, I mean, we all eat, we all sleep, we all need a, a feeling of connection mm -hmm. with our pardon me, with our fellow human beings, we all need a sense that we are uh, contributing to something that is greater than ourselves, whatever that may be. And, and being able to frame the, here's what you can do in a way that is clearly connected to those human needs that are universal has helped me, I think, be very successful in communicating to my audience. So, you know, overall, my goal is if you leave a talk that I have given, you have walked away with at least one, if not, you know, five things that you can do tomorrow right? that are going to help you improve in this particular problem space. Okay. And, and I think it's fair to say too, that, that you can do that. You can do that with a technical talk and you can do that with a, I guess, a non-technical talk as well. The, like, like having something actionable, um, because after many years of doing this, um, I, I think you might agree that, you know, we go to conferences and we get in conference mode and everybody's getting excited and, and, you know, mm -hmm. you go to a talk, and you're like, yes, that's a lot of rah, rah, and I'm ready to go. And then, you know, you leave the conference the next day and like, I had a great time, but now what do I do with it? And yes. so I, I like the actionable part of, of, of that too. Like take, here's your takeaways go and use this right away. Um, mm -hmm. that, that is a beautiful thing. Um, and, and does not always happen in a lot of talks that I've, I've seen. Um, so, um, so, uh, good, good. Um, let's, um, 
maybe go into okay so so we've done ideation um you've done mm-hmm. your note cards you've done your outline um mm-hmm. and then where do you take things from there usually well i'm going to be honest with the entire world now um <clears throat> so hi my name is leslie and i uh was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder when i was 26 years old and so i procrastinate oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Never, uh, regardless of, of your uh, level of neurodiversity or, or neurotypicalness, I, I promise every potential speaker in the world that there is a time of productive procrastination, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which you must engage in. Yes. Um, and that is the pro that, and that is the time in which you refine your story and you really think about how you want to tell your story. And different people do that in different ways. Some people iterate through their outline. If you're someone who's a slides first person, you might, um, you know, go through and tweak your slide deck and rearrange the order of your narrative in that fashion. I will, um, you know, keep running the script in my head over and over and over again when I'm, you know, uh, kind of in the liminal places, like if I'm on the tram going downtown or, Mm -hmm. you know, in the car heading off to the pool, you know, public pool or whatever. So, and in those times when I'm kind of, you know, running, sub process, you know, going through the narrative in my head and refining it, right? I, I eventually reach a point <clears throat> that is at the inflection point of, um, I'm starting to feel guilty that I haven't written this thing and surely I should write it. And okay, I have to present it on stage in this many days and I need time for practice where my mm-hmm. brain says, okay, now, now we work. <laughs> um, and, and that's when I start putting together, uh, my slide deck and in, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, you know, how, how to, uh, you know, make your best possible slide deck. This is where I go back to my outline, which I have now marked up, you know, greatly with different uh, ways in which I thought the narrative could evolve or revise the outline entirely. But it, but also, um, as you ha- are looking at that outline, go back and look at the abstract that you have submitted because your thinking will evolve so much on this topic as you go through this process. You want to make sure that your remarks actually deliver on what you told your audience you were going to say even as your thinking has evolved. So make sure that that's part of your genesis process is bringing it all home, even as your thinking has evolved. And it's, it's also perfectly fine to, you know, let your audience know that your thinking has evolved on this topic a great deal and invite them to be part of that journey with you while you're speaking. Um, so I go to my outline and then I start, uh, you know, this, this sounds very brass tacks and boring, but for the, for those for whom it is useful, um, mm-hmm. I will iterate through. So, you know, take your slides, make your headers, put in your clear transition slides because you're not necessarily going to have um, big ideas at each place. Sometimes you're going to ask the audience to pause and reflect and you want to, you know, mark out those places very clearly uh, visually in your presentation. Uh, and then I, uh, I typically tend to have fewer words uh, on my slides because, mm-hmm. uh, like every speaker, I am tempted to just read the slides to the audience and no audience member wants you to read your slides to them. Nope. Uh, so I tend to go for, uh, evocative images, images that are evocative to me of the part of the story that I want to tell and putting those on the slide with enough words so that, um, someone who is, for example, not able to follow along well, uh, because I talk very quickly and I understand that, or someone who is, just getting the slide deck and there's no video or audio recording right. can still make use of the material. So that, that fine balance between 
Don't bore people with text. Don't give yourself the opportunity to monotonously drone on about bullet point number three says the following, right? Um, but, you know, it's still useful if someone is not standing in the room with you. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, complete my slide deck and then I sit on it for about a day. And then I go back and I find that there are parts that <clears throat> based on how I'm telling the narrative you know, going through the script in my mind and based on what I am seeing in front of me and how I would actually sit there and, and stand there and page through these slides, two or three of them don't fit. Right. You know, and either the narrative needs to change or the slide needs to change. Usually I really, by this time, am feeling very good about my narrative. So the slides go and I do something else. Um, and then I start doing uh, dry rehearsal, mm-hmm. right? So standing and you'll feel very silly doing it when you do it, I promise you. Um, but this is where you go and, you know, follow the old sage advice of practicing in front of the mirror to see, right. you know, how, you know, how do I look? What is my stance like? Um, do I feel, do, do I feel confident in this material? And I think one of the most useful things for, for first time speakers to do when they're doing this practice in front of the mirror is to record yourself presenting, not because you're concerned with listening to how you did, but watching your body language when Mm. you're presenting, because you will find the strongest parts of your story and the places where you should really lean into the story you're telling, because your body language will be passionate. It will be confident. Your stance will be fantastic. And the parts of the narrative that maybe aren't that great are the ones where you're fiddling with your hands or maybe stepping back from the mirror or, you know, turning yourself so that you're, you know, only profile so use use those tools to help you vet the parts that maybe need improvement or the parts that need to be you know dropped on the floor entirely. And, and um, you know the, those yeah. those times where where you're doing the mock presentation, giving them to yourself, mm-hmm. and and videoing. Um, uh, I, I I saw this in my my former acting career um, when I was doing uh, uh, auditions, video, especially video auditions um, uh, that I'd send in that that the times where I was not clear on the lines or if I'm presenting, if I'm not, if I'm not clear with the present, you know, that part of the presentation, that is when I fidget. That is when I look, you know, that, that my body now is not in sync with what I'm saying. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I, I think you might agree that when you're on stage, that can be distracting for an audience member who is listening to what you're saying, looking at the slides, but then looking at you and, and, and there's something not congruent. Um, mm-hmm. um, and so, so understanding that beforehand, um, you know, by videoing or just watching yourself um, is, is definitely a, a, a huge, huge boost in understanding the physical nature of what you're doing. You know, don't do it mm-hmm. sitting down. Don't practice sitting down. Nope. And, you know, unless, unless it's, you know, a round table and then you're kind of presenting from sitting, you know, do it, do it as if you would. Um, and, and, and yeah, the, the recording and videoing yourself is, is I think key to, especially when you're getting started and you don't know mm-hmm. how your body will react, you know, while you're actually saying something. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, um, it's important to remember too, that, you know, we, we react, uh, people do not respond well to stress. Like we all understand that. That's why it's called stress and not joy. 
Right. Um, and you know, it is, it is completely normal that you're, you're going to have these moments during your talk that are stressful. And there are going to be these moments where you are not as, as comfortable in your narrative. So mm-hmm. a couple of useful tips. One, if you're not comfortable in the narrative, cut that part out. It's okay. I, I promise you that people will be perfectly fine with going to a 15 minute talk that was supposed to be a half an hour. If it was a fantastic talk, True. right. But so if you're, if you're worried, like I need to leave in bits and pieces where I don't feel the same connection with my material because I need to re- make, make a time limit. No, you do not. Mm-hmm. Okay. M- say, say the things that matter and that you can speak to very well. Um, the other, uh, part of kind of, you know, physically preparing yourself for, uh, your speaking event is where some, I can't believe I'm saying these words out loud. Um, Wear something that makes you feel good and confident and um, well put together. Um, I have, uh, (laughs) I have my speaking boots. I have a pair of boots that I wear when I speak because I feel like they like, (laughs) they help me to stand very firmly. I can move in a very natural way while I wear them, but not too quickly. Mm -hmm. So I don't get into that tendency to move fast and be, be uh, nervy while right. I'm on stage. Right. Um, and, you know, wear a garment that is comfortable for you, mm-hmm. you know, so that you do not feel like, you know, for example, like you're not, you're not fidgeting and going, wow, you know, does my hair look okay with this like hair band in it or, or, you know, these slacks are kind of tied and I'll just be comfortable right. and, you know, be professional in your attire. But we also all understand that, you know, Tech conferences being what they are, you're you're far more likely to run into folks who may think wearing a hoodie and jeans is professional. And if that's what you're grooving on, and you you're probably fine. Yep. Um, if you are ever worried about it, ask the organizer what the dress code is for speakers. They will happily help you out. Good, good. Um, and uh, I don't know. I feel like now is an awesome time to start talking about all the things that that people who don't speak all the time don't realize are available to them. Yeah. Um, to help them get started. Um, so first of all, you're uh, your whoever is putting on the event will have somebody who handles all of their speakers and they are there for you to ask any question whatsoever to help make sure that you feel well prepared to speak on the day. Remember, you're the subject matter expert. You are adding value and content to their event and they are very, very happy to help you be successful. So if you're worried that your jeans and hoodie aren't going to go over correctly mm-hmm. or you need to know what hotel to stay at or you are concerned that... um I don't know, maybe I have no idea what people get concerned about these days. I have so many other concerns, but you know, or, or you're, you know, even if you're, yeah, yeah am I going to like the food? I'm going to have yeah, an yeah. allergy, yeah. all yeah. of the things they will help you yeah. and, and being mentally prepared for being in a different physical space mm-hmm. period yeah. is just useful when you're going to go talk. You want to make sure that your mind is clear of all of the other things that are going to, you know, come in and potentially be distractors when you get to that stage. Um, other thing that I've seen uh, lots of uh, events offer are coaching for uh, first-time speakers and even first-time submitters. Yep. So there will be um, often on a conference's call for papers area, there will be a note uh, letting you know that there is assistance with crafting an abstract or uh, ex- uh, assistance with crafting your slides or your session and people who you can practice with who mm. are there specifically to mentor folks who do not have as much speaking experience. Um, I have 
participated as a, as a mentor for folks who are newer to speaking and having, you know, I call myself their rubber duck, like from rubber duck debugging, you can debug debugging. You can tell me everything. I will be your rubber duck. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I will quack at you and then tell you what you can, uh, you know, potentially improve. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the other thing that I want to tell, um, you know, new speakers who are, who are going through this process, um, it's hard to get criticism about doing something that you don't know a lot about and that you're not good at. And then, and then to, to feel like you should keep going. Right. Yeah, sure. And, yeah. and, and I, I encourage everyone, particularly those of us who are used to going to conferences and not seeing people who look like us on stage. I mean, I'm, I am lucky because I am a middle-aged white lately, white lady, and I see more of, of me on stage than I see potentially other folks. Yep. Right. And so, you know, even though, uh, you know, women are, are in the minority of conference speakers, we are by no means the, uh, the least represented group amongst presenters at conferences. And if you're, totally. if you're getting that criticism and you're feeling like you don't belong here, right. Nothing, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I am, I, I take it as a point of pride, um, except in places where I'm specifically asked to speak for specific reasons related to my employer in passing along um, speaking opportunities to people who, who don't typically get the opportunity to speak because I want to learn from them. I don't know what the world looks like through the lens of their lived experience. Yeah. And I, and I am pretty clear on what it's like for, you know, most people who who look like me, think like me, you know, have worked in tech forever, blah, 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 blah. And mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how important it is to have your voice heard and for you to have the opportunity to inform the technical state of the art, the cultural state of the art, the community state of the art, the documentation state of the art, the UX design state of the art <laughs> for the rest of us, because we we may be super smart people. We know very little about that because we don't typically hear those things and we don't typically hear from people who don't look like us. So I am I am here to volunteer to be your first-time speaker phone a friend. I am here to volunteer to help you find first-time speaker phone of friends. I am here to help you choose a meetup that you should go and pre-flight your talk at so you get some practice with a friendly audience and you don't have to worry that you got on an airplane to say something that you had never tried out before, right? Right. I, I really want to encourage folks to take advantage of the of the resources that exist and to look for uh, look for those resources from conference organizers. Ask your conference organizer if yep. they can direct you to someone. Tap your personal network and just be really clear. I want to get public better at public speaking. I don't know what to do. Can anyone help me? Yeah. Yeah. Someone find will that, say yes. Find that friend who's kind of a jerk sometimes and <laughs> and practice in front of them because that's probably going to be the worst of it, right? Uh, you know, because because mm -hmm. most audiences are very accepting. Yeah. I think that that is actually an. I think that's an important piece of this is is if you have if you have a topic that people are interested in, and then you know say some good points on it, and you know don't run away screaming. Um, you know, audiences for the most part are, you know, they were taking it in and, be, and, you know, that is kind of one thing. I know that you said that, that, um, you know, the, the person at the lectern is, is, is a human too. And, and the people that are listening are humans. Um, but the person at the lectern, you know, 
sometimes right or wrong, um, is is perceived as a subject matter expert, as an authority on this. And so, mm -hmm. so I would say even use that a little bit too. Like you've been given a plat, literally a platform to to speak from and put something out there and and know that you know the audience members they probably won't cling to every single word however you know for the most part in open source conferences in finance conferences in open source and finance conferences especially um you know they're going there and 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 they're going to be accepting you know what you're saying they may question some some points later on probably more so to to either get clarification or to, um, you know, to, to find out how something works. But mm -hmm. for the most part, like, you know, they are there for you. <laughs> you were there for them. And mm -hmm. I think if you can keep, you know, that idea going, then, you know, just know, know they're going to be accepting no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter, you know, where you came from, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, as a conference organizer, you know, if 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 we can have more of that first time speakers, um, diverse mm -hmm. speakers from, you know, um, not just, you know, the DEI spectrum, but also from the, you know, technical versus non-technical spectrum as well. You know, there there are are many ways and many, <laughs> many ways that people can get involved um, you know, to, to do this from many areas. Um, so I, I thank you for, you know, kind of talking through that. Um, um, so I, I did want to, um, probably for the, the very last part of that hit the, um, you know, you've, you've done all your planning, you've gone through, you know, and we've gone through some of the, the psychological aspects of this too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, now, you know, you're there at the venue. Um, oh, apparently there's a meeting coming up. Sorry. Um, I know, but, me too. Hey! Uh, but you're there at the venue. And, you know, what What are the things that, that you would say, you know, like, you know, would you go and check out the room beforehand? Yes. Um, you know, and if if they offer you to, to plug in, you know, 15 minutes before, 10 minutes before, mm -hmm. um, you know, to check the technology works um you know always send a backup slide <laughs> tech all that but but you're there what you know what do you do now in order to get through that presentation okay so there's um there are a whole bunch of things that grizz just mentioned that are like once you have been a speaker for a really long time you have memorized this checklist because all of these things have happened to you yeah, yeah. um so you know as he mentioned you know checking out the room in advance just so that you have an idea of where your audience is sitting and you know how you might want to position yourself on stage as part of your stance um and also just to um uh, to reset the expectations of your lizard brain about, you know, oh my gosh, everyone in the world is going to be staring at me. I mean, most most of the time when you're doing a first time session, uh, you're in a room that seats about 25 people and all of them are really excited to hear from you. That's why they're there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have the opportunity to do an equipment check in advance and almost every event does this, do go get your equipment checked in advance, you know, show up 15 minutes before your presentation, plug in, make sure everything works carry your slides on a USB stick. I know this outdated ancient media that does not connect to the cloud. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, keep your uh, slides saved locally to your machine as a PDF, just in case your internet connectivity yep. drops. 
those are all good things to do. Um, do not be ashamed or embarrassed to, if there is an onsite tech available to help you to have them set your machine up. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm suggesting this is, um, I have a presentation gremlin named Howard who follows me from presentation to presentation, ruining my AV to the point where I literally think I've had one successful AV set up in my entire speaking career. And I've spoken a lot. Sweet. Um, so should you be also follow, uh, followed around by a speaking gremlin or simply one of those people who, uh, if you're not, you know, if you're nervous and something goes wrong, you become even more nervous. Let the professional set up your computer. You do not have to feel like you have done yourself any dishonor by asking for that help. Those wonderful people are there precisely for that reason to help you. And the fact that there's someone there kind of helping to take care of the little details for you actually just really helps calm you down. You're like, I've got, and it helps you feel like an expert, right? I've got this. I am so cool. They sent these people to help me get my laptop set up. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's a, it's a great way to remind yourself that you, yeah, that you are, you know, you're the subject matter expert here. Exactly. Um, and you know, other things that, that may seem bit, you know, you're at a conference, you're out with friends, you're going to have a really great time. Don't stay up until four o'clock in the morning oh, chatting with your buddies. Please don't. Before your talk, you're just, you're going to hate your life. Don't show do up, it. show up to the talk, please. As a conference yeah, sh- organizer, show up. <laughs> do people really not show up to their talks? Ooh, I'm naive. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, 15 years or more of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it's also hard when like you were, may have had a beverage with that person the night before too hey we're oh, yeah. anyway, just no 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happens keep your commitments people keep exactly. your commitments and if you if you can't keep your commitment keep give as much notice <laughs> advance notice as possible and if it's exactly. not possible give your loving speaker organizer a substitute speaker who is willing to go on stage on your behalf very true um you know and then you know in terms of like just getting through the actual talk like make sure you have something to drink your throat will get dry at some point when you're speaking for a long period of time um taking a drink of water is also a very useful thing to do if you feel like you're you're going quickly and you're starting to get uh nervous and lose lose attachment with your narrative it's a moment to take stop ground it calms the central nervous system to drink yep. as well yep right um oh and and don't, and that- in that respect, make sure you go to the bathroom before you give your 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 the the loo, the toilet, the whatever. Go the facilities. Go. It, it may sound dumb, but you know, I I, uh, I I had a I had a checklist of when I was going on stage in in high school, and and that was it. Everybody does it, right? But but you you do that. You make sure you're good to go, and then you're good to go. For sure. Take your bio break and take your bio break. And depending upon your level of made upness or not, splash some cold water on your face to calm yourself. I am not a makeup connoisseur. So I do that. Other people may not be that person. Yeah. Um, you can always just, you know, cold rinse of the hands is also incredibly effective as a, you know, pre-talk calming technique. Um, then, you know, give your talk and, and again, in terms of like the preparation, right. You are going to fail. If you make a mistake, do not apologize for it. Do not talk about how it's awful. I'm so sorry you came to this time. By the way, I've done all these things. <laughs> I don't know why you're here. Um, just keep going. Go, well, that was not my most shining moment. And keep going, right, until you yep. get to the end. And, and you know, ex- again, accept that you are a flawed human and you will make mistakes. And, and do not focus only upon the mistakes that you are making, but you are telling people something valuable. Conference organizers do not just accept talks for funsies. Right. 
There's a reason you were asked to be on that stage. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, I don't, I don't know what, what it's like. I feel like we need to leave the audience with parting useful thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will, uh, I will, I will part with the following useful thoughts, right? As long as you tell your audience what you're going to tell them, then tell them and then told, tell them what you told them. Right. Right. You're doing a great job. Come up with a story that is is that is invigorating for you, that you're excited to tell, even if you feel like this is just my little story. Your yep. little story is important to the rest of us because we only know what we know. We don't know what you know. Yep. Um, make sure you get a good night's sleep. Make sure you're you're well prepared in terms of your you know peripheral devices. Make sure you tap the nice conference deck to help you get your AV set up. Yep. And then when you're done and you're tired and you're flushed with all of the adrenaline, um, you know, <clears throat> take questions in the room if you want, or, or I think even better is go take, go take questions somewhere in the, uh, restaurant or whatever that is close mm-hmm. by the conference venue, or even in the conference venue, sit down and have those conversations. Cause you're going to find that if you're, you're more in a breaking bread kind of mode with people who've attended, you're going to get much more quality feedback from them and a much better yeah. uh, quality of dialogue. Because those are the people who cared enough about what you said to stick around and not run off to the next talk, right? Um, you know, and quickly opine. So and, and build relationships from those from those speaking engagements, like you're saying, because mm-hmm. you never know where they may, may lead after that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent true. I've met some of my best hires from people who uh, who came up and asked me questions at conferences. Very good. Um, so I, I think we both need to go to our next meetings, but it was really a great pleasure to do this. And don't, are, I, I think that there was something else we're going to talk about later too. Weren't we going to do two of these? Um, yes, we'll talk about um, open source and financial services, uh, bedrock benefits, um, open source and finance 101, all of the mm-hmm. above. Um, and, uh, and, and actually, you know, um, maybe one of the things we can talk about next time too is, uh, you know, on the other side, conference organizers. What are things that mm. you would suggest? <laughs> That's a whole nother can of worms. But um, um, you know, like how can how can conference organizers make it better for speakers as well? Um, and cool. you know, that is something that that we should continue to learn um as well. Anyway, but yes, uh, uh, yes, love to have you back. Um, uh, send Kara as well. And um, I'm looking uh, forward to it. And I'll, I'm sure that I'll see one or both of you soon at a uh, a conference near you. Yes. Are you going to Dublin? <laughs> I am not going to Dublin um, uh, because I'm going to Boston the next week for a fintech conference. Okay. Um, and then I'll be at uh, All Things Open in, uh, was it October, November? Um, and then we have our conference in December. So uh mm-hmm. Uh, it was, uh, um, I had to pick and choose and, and Dublin was at the beginning of the year and I was like, oh, I really want to go, but I'll get there another time. We um, cannot, we cannot do all of the things. It is okay. <laughs> it is okay to say, it is okay to say no to some good things so that we can have rest and sanity. <laughs> yes. Rest and sanity. We will leave you all with get with some rest, rest and sanity. sanity. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. It's always so great to talk to you, Chris. You Cheers. too. You too. Thank you so much. 
All right. Thank you again to my friend Leslie Hawthorne. It was great talking to her, and I hope that you gained some insight on if you're looking to be a first-time speaker at a conference, whether it's for the Open Source and Finance Forum. Um, again, CFPs are still open until September 12th or any place else. Uh, there are great conferences coming up uh, in finance, in open source, uh, all things open in October in Raleigh, Open Source Summit, EU in Dublin, the LF Member Summit in Lake Tahoe in November, Finnovate Fall in New York, uh, Symphony Innovate, uh, Open Source Lisbon, Money 2020, uh, KubeCon um, in Detroit in October, Open Source Summit Japan. But as Leslie said too, look out for uh, smaller meetups. Um, I know that uh, our friends at All Things Open, uh, they have meetups all the time in the Raleigh-Durham uh, Triangle in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, there are meetups happening in New York and London all the time. Uh, James McLeod, Director of Community, has a meetup around uh, JavaScript that's coming up pretty soon. The Scott Logic team, who's a member of ours, is uh, in, in cooperation with us, is doing uh, two meetups. Um, I believe one in Leeds and one should be coming up in London as well. So if you have any questions about where to get involved, please reach out to us at marketing at finos.org. Now you did hear Leslie say that uh, she would be your advocate uh, for first time speakers. Um, also, we have some great folks who've uh, been speakers at our previous conferences from our DEI SIG um, within Finos. And uh, they have uh, extended the welcome to, if you're, if you're looking to become a first time speaker, you know, they'd love to talk with you too. And you can reach out to them at diversity-inclusion-committee at finos.org. Uh, we'll leave those in her. They leave that information in the show notes as well. Um, but uh, you know, if nothing else, just email us at help at finos.org, and we'll make sure that your request goes to the right place. So get involved. Um, submit a proposal. We have uh, fifteen-minute lightning talks for. Uh, the Open Source and Finance Forum in New York, uh, that may be something that's a little less daunting than doing a 30-minute presentation. So reach out to us, um, and we're looking forward to hearing from you, hearing feedback, and seeing um, you know how we can help uh, bring more speakers uh, with different voices into uh, open source and finance. So we appreciate it. Thank you again, Leslie. And with that, we're going to say good day, good night, wherever you are. Mm-hmm.